Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. That's a track for the summer. Bare feet on grass from the rains. You're listening to Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmery and Connor with you until 10. Now, back in 2021, William Wall published a book of poems he'd written during the pandemic, keeping a type of daily poetry journal. The book was called Smugglers in the Underground Hog Trade. I loved the title. It's absolutely superb. And you know what? It's really startling to read back on his reflections of that time kind of we'd rather forget. But in a way, it'll be examined historically in the future for sure. Now, he is one of the writers featuring at the West Cork Literary Festival, which began on Friday. And I was delighted to have the chance to chat to him about his brand new novel. So not poetry this time. He's going to be in conversation with Sue Leonard in Bantry Library. And he told me all about it. Empty Bed Blues is a very intriguing title. Yeah, it comes from a song by Bessie Smith, the great blues singer, you know. Uh, I woke up this morning with an awful ache in the head. My new man done left me a room and an empty bed. So empty bed blues, it's called. And the premise of the, the book is that a woman wakes up one morning and finds her husband dead in the bathroom. I, I checked that out, actually. A lot of heart attacks occur in the bathroom. We won't go into the details. Anyway, uh, and she soon discovers that uh, he has left her in a sea of debt, essentially, that she'll never, ever be able to pay off. So this all happens, as it were, before the book begins. You, You learn about it in her memories, in her flashbacks. And then how it opens is um, a woman knocks on her door one day. And when she answers the door, the woman silently hands her a set of keys and walks away. And she knows immediately this is the man's mistress. And she doesn't know what the keys are for. And she goes to find out and eventually discovers that he had a love nest in Italy. And she decides to do a runner and to leave leave the debt behind and try and make a new life. You know, leave the house and the car to the banks and so on and try and make a new life in Italy. And that's that's basically where the, um, you know, initially the empty bed is there. And she soon realizes when she gets to this love nest that the bed was occupied by her husband and the mistress and so on. And the plot develops from there. Oh, my God, it sounds absolutely amazing, William. Tell me, did you travel to Italy to research it? I mean, did you have to live there and soak up the ambience and uh, research? Yeah, we spend a lot of time in Italy and I, I speak Italian. We speak Italian. So uh, it was kind of a natural, natural place to, to uh, set it, you know. It's set in um, a little town called Camogli, which is near Genoa. And uh, it's, I suppose you'd say it's kind of the beginning or almost the beginning of what used to be the Italian Riviera. It's close to the Italian Riviera anyway. It's a small fishing village. It's uh, 
very very picturesque you know if you if you say to Italians, if you mention the name to Italians, uh, most Italians know it, you know. They'll have seen it on television and so on like that. It's a really picturesque little town. Well worth a visit for anybody who's thinking of planning a holiday this summer to Italy. And, you know, a beautiful place. Do you write when you're in Italy or do you switch off when you're over there? Oh, I write all the time. <laughs> One yeah. way or the other, I write constantly, you know. My wife complains that I sneak away on Christmas Day and write sometimes. You oh, know? So no way. <laughs> it's... Um, it, it, yeah, it's um, it's kind of a, an obsession. Uh, you could almost say it's a disease. Gosh, not uh, if you're coming up with stuff like this, though. I mean, and the fact that you speak Italian obviously means you're you're quite at home there, and you plainly then know the place well enough to to really make it come alive. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And you know, the important thing really is that I'm not writing a central character who's Italian. She's an Irish person, so. Partly the book is about learning to understand another culture. It's about, you know, partly about how Italians eat, how they drink wine and, you know, how they relate to each other. But it's also about learning a language. There's a, a lot of stuff about language learning in it, you know, and about translation as well, because I, I translate a bit from Italian. So, you know, there there are a lot of things in it besides the the central issue. And the other thing is she becomes friends with um, an older woman, very, very strong minded uh, older woman an ex-journalist and uh, she sort of takes her under her wing and begins to teach her Italian and uh, they become really close friends then over time and it's also as a result it's also about friendship and about how friendship develops especially between two people who initially don't share the same language and uh, you know who have to kind of get to know each other through a second language because um, they begin speaking initially in, well, it doesn't matter really, they begin speaking initially in French. But, oh. um, <laughs> like the way, it's, that, it's a, how you're describing There's a lot it. of language involved. Yes, and, and how yeah. you're describing, well, that would also feed into, obviously, you with your skill for translation and everything like that. You obviously have a, a lovely talent and a, an ear for languages, which is beautiful. And you're painting it so much so that it's, it's very cinematic and uh, visual, William. And, you know, you're going to be chatting about it in Bantry with Sue Leonard. So that's going yeah. to be a gorgeous concept. Conversation. Do you enjoy doing these presentations? I do. I do, particularly with people like Sue, because I know Sue of old, and yeah. uh, you know, I'd be really, I'd be really looking forward to that particular conversation. And but I do enjoy them generally. You know, it's a chance. Always, uh, every time you you have a conversation like this, you get asked different questions. They make you think about your own work. They make you think about it in a different way. And, you know, hopefully the audience is entertained as well. And in terms of what you're going down to, to Bantry to, to do, you'll be obviously in conversation with Sue Leonard you know, on Wednesday at lunchtime in the library in Bantry. But have you booked for other various bits and pieces yourself? Is there anything else you're looking forward to? Uh, not yet, but I'm I'm entitled to a ticket for everything if I want it. So I'll, I'll have a good look at the programme and I'll, I'll book some things. It looks like a really good lineup this year. It really does. It really does. Listen, William, thank you so much. I can't wait to get my hands on the book now. It sounds absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Elmarie. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Well, I woke up this morning with an awful aching head. Yes, I woke up this morning with an awful ache in here. I found my new man had left. 
left me just a room and an empty bed. 